Hello and welcome. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Shocking, isn't it? I develop leaders and sales professionals all across the globe. I help them to tap into and achieve their true potential every day. I'm a business writer, speaker, and now host for this podcast, Shock Your Potential. Come on and join me. Let's learn and laugh together. Thank you for joining me again on another episode of Shock Your Potential, my business podcast where we focus on excellence in leadership, sales, and the customer experience. As you know, I try to bring a variety of guests that not only will help us to shock our own potential from our business perspective, but also to find out ways to shock our own potential from our personal experience. And my guest today, I think, is going to help us to look at that through both lenses. His name is Tom Beal, but he's also known to others as the simplifier. And I know he's got a lot to share with us. So Tom, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure, Michael. I'm excited to be here and looking forward to sharing some great insights that hopefully can positively impact your listeners' results and lives. I know they will. And I can't wait to selfishly take advantage of the things that you're going to share just for me. So first of all, tell everybody, tell my listeners about who you are, what you do, and a little bit about why you do what you do. All right. That sounds like a simple question, but we could talk for hours on that. So if I were <laughs> to simplify that, basically uh, myself and journey has been numerous chapters. So you know, grew up around uh, being born to teenagers, raised around four divorces and six marriages, going to nine different schools by eighth grade, yet still becoming a top athlete and a national bicycle champion at a teenage age, uh, going on to college only to drop out, uh, ending up in the Marine Corps. Uh, kind of uh, by serendipity, and in the United States Marine Corps was the number one honor man out of boot camp. Uh, the guide from my platoon went on to earn three meritorious promotions in four years while in the United States Marine Corps and had plans to be a lifer, but after four years, I kind of realized I've done what I've needed to do here. It's time to move on. And when I moved on, I got into the corporate world and became number one in five separate sales organizations and realized that I had uh, become psychologically unemployable. It was time for me to go out as an entrepreneur and see how that would go. And you were clearly just slightly overachiever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And that, and that kind of led to a little cockiness, I'll mm-hmm. just say, uh, honestly, like, oh, I've been number one in sales, I've been an overachiever, this should be simple. And proceeded to quickly fall flat on my face mm-hmm. and struggled to transition from the corporate world sales expert to doing any type of uh, worthwhile endeavor on my own. So it was a really rigorous learning process that I went through, yet I just never gave up. With that high-performing attitude, I was like, you know what? It's taken way longer than I anticipated, but I'm going to do it as long as it takes until I figure it out. And I'm going to test, test, test. And, you know, kind of like the light bulb, took a thousand times of getting it wrong before I got it right. And now that I'm the simplifier, I actually have produced tens of millions of dollars of results online and now have multimillionaire clients that come to me to help simplify their lives and basically how they can achieve more with their, their visions, their beliefs, their, their dreams, their business results in less time and then free up that other uh, with that free time that they gain, uh, go into the other important areas of their life, their, their health, their relationship with themselves, the relationship with their other key individuals, 
uh, while systemizing and processing their business. So the, the best of all, world, uh, all, all aspects of life, in essence, having their cake and eating it too, and necessarily not choosing to eat cake, <laughs> if that makes sense. Well, and I, I really appreciate your honesty too, because it's, you know, it's interesting from the world. I know you speak as well, and I just got back from a, the National Speakers Association conference, and it was funny, you know, like I was sitting with people and, and honestly saying, you know, what are the struggles that you face? Because most of the time, especially as speakers or entrepreneurs, you're trying to put on your best face. And frankly, you know, people that work for other corporations in our Facebook world, we want the Instagram world, we want the world to think we're perfect. And everything just comes so easy, but not true. And especially if you're an entrepreneur or you're really trying to achieve some large things, you're going to have as many fall down on your face examples as you are going to, well, probably many, many more than you have. Okay, look at the great success I have. But that's part of the journey to get where you are in terms of success, whether it's personal or business or health or or wealth. Yeah. Well, the thing I've learned and I've worked with some of the best known names that are still alive in the entrepreneurial world and uh, the best selling authors, all that. And what I learned is everybody's human. And yes, they put their best foot forward and put their best uh, persona forward, but they're all flawed. Right. And that's, yes. that's kind of like, be careful when you eat, when you meet your guru, because <laughs> many times you'll be, uh, it, it could, it could be definitely different from what your vision of that person is. They're flawed, they fail. And, and we see the successes from the outside, but we don't see the behind the scenes. Well, I've seen the behind the scenes of enough to see that, uh, we're all human and we're all giving it our best shot, but, uh, it's literally, we're figuring it out as we go. And, and a lot of people think, oh, that person has everything figured out. Well, they may have one aspect figured out, but they're, they're uh, not the best in many others. So one, one person in particular is a good front friend and mentor of mine, Jeffrey Gittimer. And you mentioned National Speakers Association. Back in 2001, he said, okay, uh, when I met with him and, and said, look, you are where I want to be, a, a numerous best-selling mm -hmm. author, uh, speaking, et cetera. I, I'm here and I want to get there. He's like, okay, great. Let me help you point you down the right path. He pointed me to National Speakers mm -hmm. Association. And I went with him <clears throat> to a meeting in Charlotte, North Carolina. And he's straightforward. And he's like, look, look around this room. There's hundreds and hundreds of people. I'm making money. She's making money. He's making money. Everyone else is not. So everyone's going to tell you yes. they know how to do it and what to do. But listen to the people that I'm pointing out to you and take it with a grain of salt for all the rest. And this isn't to diminish anybody else and anyone on their journey, but the reality is uh, the 20, the 2080 rule, the, the, the Pareto principle uh, it holds true. There's a hundred people in the room, 80% of the wealth Absolutely. is held by 20%. And then if you go one level deeper of those 20 out of a hundred, mm -hmm. it goes again, four out of that 20 represent 80% of that wealth. So be very selective with who you listen to. Now, you can gain great information from every single person that you come in contact. From my perspective, uh, here's what I live by. I live by mm -hmm. take the best and leave the rest because I feel I can learn something from everybody that I cross paths with. And I, I actually call them mm -hmm. divine appointments. Yes. The reason that you and I are talking is, uh, in essence, a divine appointment. We didn't know each other until uh, a mutual mm -hmm. friend who happened to be my sister as well introduced us and here we are having this conversation and now here people are listening mm -hmm. to you who never had heard of me and that's how life unfolds serendipity uh divine appointments um so take the best leave the rest i don't know everything but i'm very good at certain things and i also have the wherewithal and and this is, comes from a lot of experience 
to when I don't know stuff, I Absolutely. will simply say, I don't know <laughs> and move on <laughs> instead of trying to pretend like I do, which in the past uh, I went down that route before. And it's, it's much easier to just be comfortable with who you are, the great stuff that, that each of us have and the not so great stuff, which we can also own. And as we grow in our discernment, know when we can share some value and when it's time to say, Hey, you need to speak to my friend who's great at that or uh, point them to some resources. So. Absolutely. And, you know, when you try to have all the answers, it's exhausting when you know you don't. <laughs> and uh, or even if you do. And that was, you know, that's one of the leadership lessons that I teach is, you know, helping develop people underneath you when you run large organizations. Because if you carry every problem and every crisis on your back, it's exhausting. Same thing if you try to look like you know everything, it's exhausting and you're going to trip yourself up and you're going to look like a fool. It's a lot better to say, I don't know, but I know somebody who does. Or I don't know who does know the answer, but you've piqued my interest and I want to help find it. Let's yeah. look for it together. And you actually touched on another point that took about five years of that struggle that I mentioned when I left the corporate arena, tried to go on my own and, and learn the hard way. It wasn't as simple as I thought. And what I heard was a term called self-made millionaire. And I beat my chest as being the Marine and the number one salesperson. Like, yes, I will be the self-made millionaire. I will do it all. I don't need anyone else. I'm going to do it all from soup to nuts, A to Z. Uh, And what I realized is there's only 24 hours in a day and trying to do it all took five years of my life of working (laughs) 18 to 20 hours a day and getting absolutely nowhere because I recognized after that long lesson, it's ridiculous to try to do it all myself. And the people that I learned the self-made millionaire strategies from had teams. This, This shook me. I was like, what? The, the person I, I, you know, I ended up meeting and becoming friends with Brian Tracy. And that's one of the people I heard the term self-made millionaire. And after I got to know him, I said, Hey, Brian, just not sure if it's only me, but I misinterpreted that. And it cost me five years of very difficult struggle of trying to be the quote unquote self-made millionaire. And then I found out you had a team of mm-hmm. 40 people and that, that shattered my yeah. image of what that meant. The self-made millionaire now has a new meaning to me, which I, I help others recognize that do what you're absolutely brilliant at and the things that you're not good at and mediocre at, go get someone else to do that. You know, it's, it's going to be a much, mm-hmm. se- much more effective use of your time, energy, and effort. Absolutely. And you also gain new perspectives. And, you know, I, I totally get that because I spent the last year deciding what I wanted this business of mine to look like and, you know, really the different segments of it. And even the last year, I, I took time to figure out who do I want on my team and who's going to drive these pieces for me so that I can trust them to hand over my vision, but I can also trust them to bring new vision and light to something mm-hmm. and and have them be a part of something bigger than them and bigger than me. And as the momentum starts to grow now, I feel such a different sense of peace. And I, and I want to get into, you know, how you and what you talk about with your clients in terms of simplifying their lives. But I know that I, I feel like right now in my career in this journey, in my entrepreneur, entrepreneurial journey, I feel like I have the most energy I've ever had and I'm producing mm-hmm. at a higher level. And yet I, um, I, I'm doing it because I have other people doing vastly important mm-hmm. things for me and I'm trusting them to that. You know, that's, it's such a, a relief in my mind and my energy, but I've did the same thing, but I did it mostly in the corporate world mm-hmm. where I felt like I had to, you know, carry every burden and do everything and prove that I could be successful. And certainly I had big teams, but you know, that sense of, you know, if you try and do it all, you're going to exhaust yourself. And sure enough, I, you know, I, I've done that a couple points in my career. Absolutely. And there's, I'm, I'm discerning which 
point to take because you, you shared so much value in that. Uh, I know. Um, right. so, <laughs> I have so, a lot to say when I get excited <laughs> when I talk to people. <laughs> I'll start with this. There's a quote by Nikola Tesla, uh, not the Tesla cars. They, they took the name from that. But Nikola Tesla says, if you want to know the secrets of the universe, study energy, frequency and vibration. And one of the terms you said is you now have more energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel it's kind of like, uh, you know, here we have this podcast. But prior to podcast, there were radio channels. Mm-hmm. You tune into different radio channels. When you tune that dial, you're at a different frequency. So when you can release the energy of trying to be that self-made millionaire, uh, my misinterpretation of it, and doing it all, you're at a lower frequency and vibration and your energy is drained. When you finally recognize the power of team, T-E-A-M, together everyone achieves more. And you recognize that you as a leader, it's your job and responsibility to build a a team that uh, is dependable, reliable, trustworthy, uh, men and women of their words. Mm And when you do that, it lessens your burden, allows you to be at that higher energy, allows you to be at that higher frequency and vibration, which opens up so much more. Now you get to focus on what's called your unique abilities. These are the three to four areas that you and only you can do. This is your perspective, your experience, your personality that you can't outsource. And when you identify what those three to four things are, those are what's yours to do. Everything else is what your team is Mm -hmm. supposed to do. Uh, And that frees you up to stay in your sweet spot, in your unique abilities, which are the Pareto principle, the 20% of activities that give you 80% of the momentum and results in your Mm -hmm. business. And uh, you set your business up that manner and you get everyone else to do the same. They stay in their expertise and their, you know, and and, and, uh, reflecting back on corporate America, you know, especially with some downsizing and all this, you know, one role now uh, can be three to four different roles of what it used to be. So when you build your team in this manner, you make sure that everybody is at the proper uh, energy frequency and vibration doing what their unique abilities are. And you'll watch how everybody uh, achieves much more. Uh, It's it's much more happy. It's much more resourceful. It's much more uh, results that come from building that team properly. And, you know, I have a a friend of mine who shares a very similar concept. And, you know, we were talking about, you know, just because there's things you can do doesn't mean you should Mm -hmm. be doing them, especially when you're running your business or you're working your job or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And it's the, you know, the wise person is the one who can really look at that and say, look, here's things I love to do Mm -hmm. and I'm great at them. Mm -hmm. Here's things that I can do and I'm okay doing them. Here's things I hate to do. I can if I have to, but God, if I didn't have to do them, my life would be happier. Mm-hmm. And to try and keep as many of your, you know, your functions at that level of, I am passionate about this. I'm great at it and I love it. And then eventually find the way to take that second one. Like I can do it and it, I, yeah, it doesn't bother me, but it's okay. But you know, at some point move them on. So you all stay in the passion point. So I, I love your concept with that too. Mm-hmm. I ever thought about that, the frequency, because you're dialing down so low that it just continues to drain like a radio frequency. You're not dialed all the way into how much you have to strain to hear it. That's a lot more energy that's released that is wasted yep. and you don't get to use that somewhere else. Yep. And and when you're able to to resonate at that higher frequency, it brings other higher frequency people into your world as well. Right. So it's that's a whole it's synchronicity kicks in at a, at a huge level. Um, going back to, to how you find out what your unique, unique abilities are, it's a real discernment process that I walk people through. Uh, to answer these four questions and, and these four questions, I keep on top of mind awareness of my high level clients. Uh, and these four questions are, what do I need to start doing? 
What do I need to do more of? What do I need to do less of? And what do I need to stop doing altogether? Mm-hmm. And those four questions can be applied in business. They can be applied in health. They can be applied in relationships and they can be applied in any area that's important to you. If you know that you have a goal, if you know you have a dream, it's time to sit down and discern what are the answers to those four questions. And in this day and age of uh, technology, we have many more resources available than we ever had oh, so uh, three, five, seven years ago. So the outsourcing capabilities, the ability to find expertise on Fiverr and things alike, uh, similar to that, open up the doors for us to really stay in our lanes as far as exactly what you said. The things that we're brilliant at, that we love doing, and everything else, we outsource, we delegate, we systemize, we process, we get our team to handle that. Um, but when you have the clarity of the answer to those four questions, you know the the real key uh, bottom line uh, to those four questions are, what's the absolute best use of my time right mm-hmm. now? And is what I'm doing right now the absolute best use of my time? If the answer is no, what is the best use of my time? Now, a lot of people listening to this may think the answer is always business related. And that's another thing that I help shatter with my clients is that's not true because sometimes what's the absolute best use of my time right now is to spend time with Absolutely. my wife, with my husband, with my child, with my yeah. self, doing Go something for walk. myself. Yeah. That can be, yeah, right. Exact walk. I love, uh-huh. I do my morning I walk every day. It's an hour long walk and, and I listen to uh, audible on three X speed. So my one hour of morning walk to the beach and back, I listen to three hours of good audio input, which allows me to be, uh, someone who can uh, contribute value in, in, you know, good in, good out type of stuff. So, yeah, sometimes the answers uh, are, well, actually many times the answer, uh, is this the absolute best use of my time? Many times the answer is not a business related answer. So that's a, a freeing thing for someone who, like me, was a, a former workaholic. And this leads to the next question, uh, which I think can produce some great value or, uh, for uh, your audience and, and myself and yourself. This was a question that was posed to me by a former partner uh, uh, that was teamed up with Tony Robbins, who he and Tony worked for Jim Rohn back in the late oh, 70s. Yes. And I was sitting with him bragging uh, in, in 2001. I was bragging to this friend about how hard I was working. <laughs> and he looked at me. And he, looked, he looked at me. And he, he, you know, and here I was expecting a pat on the back because everyone else was patting me on the back for how hard yeah. I was working. He's like, hmm, you have a new baby, don't you? Uh, I said, yeah. He's like, how much time are you, are you spending with him? Uh, and man, even to this day, it chokes me up because uh, that changed my trajectory. It changed my perspective. So, you know what? Not much. He's like, you know what? I'm going to share something with you. He said this. I know you expect me to pat you on the back because that's what most people do. But I'm going to challenge you. He said, you want to impress me? Get the same results in half yeah. the amount of time. He said, but you're working so hard. That still won't impress me. That'll just bring it back to normal. <laughs> if you really want to impress me, do it again. So ask yourself that question. How can I get, and this is, this is how I simplify my results and grow exponentially without exponentially growing my time uh, of needed, needed time to grow the business. So I ask myself, how can I get the same results in half the amount of time? And how can I get the, the same results in half the amount of that time? And it comes through systems, through processes, through team, through outsourcing, through delegating. All this allows you to get the same results in half the amount of your time. And it taps into leverage. And that's, that's something that changed my life and has changed many of my clients' lives of, uh, I save one client six hours a day, six hours, he's a multimillionaire, a multimillionaire, six six hours a day, uh, by just shattering (laughs) his beliefs of, Uh, 
uh, really setting parameters. You know, yes. he didn't have a start time. He didn't have an end time. There's oh. in essence, no, no, no deadline. So he would work uh, all waking hours until yeah. I put him on a track to start asking these questions. How can I get the same results in half the amount of time? Yeah. When am I starting? When am I ending? And with that boundary, we now accomplish more in the two hours than we would have con- conducted in eight hours of the old way. Mm-hmm. So he, he was like, you know what? I, I save now six hours. And now that's reinvested in the relationship with his wife, in the relationship with his children. Yeah, the things and you his can't business get back. Is still growing. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, that's not money in the bank yeah. when your personal relationships suffer or when your health suffers. Well, or, yeah. <laughs> I, I have what's called the Trinity success method. Mm-hmm. And many people, when they think of success, automatically default to the money. And yes, money is important. It gives you choices. It gives you freedom when used properly, but it's not everything. I yeah, have I a like lot of friends with <laughs> yeah, money. You know, Zig Ziglar says, you know, those who say money is important will lie about other things too. Uh, it, it does give us that freedom. He's like, it's not, it's not the most important thing, but it's right, right up there with oxygen. <laughs> right? I like that. <laughs> right. So money is, yes, one indicator of success. However, I have many friends with tens of millions of dollars, some hundreds of millions of dollars that are not happy. Absolutely. And it leads to the other two areas of the triangle of the Trinity success. At the base of my Trinity success method is health. And similar to success, most people default to money. With health, most people default to the image looking back at them in the mirror. That's one aspect, but not all. Mm-hmm. Health is mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual health. And just because, and once again, with, you know, similar to the lot of uh, friends with a lot of money, but no happiness, I have a lot of friends with the rock solid image looking back at them, but their mental and emotional health is not up to par and also doesn't lead to a much, uh, much happiness. So uh, health, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, how and what are you doing uh, to, to ensure that you are fit in those areas? And then the other aspect, so that's the base health, the, the left-hand side is relationships. And it's, it's a relationship personally, professionally, and socially, you know, the relationship with yourself, you and yourself is the most important Then you and your significant Mm -hmm. other and you and your children, your business partners, et cetera, like where and how are you improving each of those? And then the third aspect of the Trinity success method is money. And I break that down into today, money, tomorrow, money, and contribution. Uh, and, and that's a whole nother course, but, uh, yes, health relationships and finances is the trifecta. And when you have those life is a, you you merrily rowing your boats gently down the stream. Uh, (laughs) if one of those three is good, uh, life sucks. If two of those three is good, it's still sucks. (laughs) You need three out of three. (laughs) Uh, uh, and, and sometimes, you know, and we all have summers and winters, uh, no level of success excludes anybody from difficulties and challenges. I, I, we're either in a challenge right now in our health relationships or finances, sometimes all three, sometimes two or three, yep. or we just came out of one or one's right around the corner. And, and that's kind of one of the things that uh, I learned in the Marine Corps. When someone pulls a knife on you and you're in hand-to-hand combat, you, you have to expect to get cut. And think of it this way. If, if you th- think to yourself, oh, I can get out of this without getting cut and they cut your arm, you look down, and he's like, oh, crap, I'm cutting my arm. Now they stabbed you in the heart and you're dead. Mm-hmm. So uh, I translate in that into business. Expect chaos, expect challenges, expect difficulties. Don't don't ask for less of, of the challenge. Ask to become a better problem solver. You know, build up your wisdom and your problem solving abilities to know that. Uh, every adversity carries with it the seed of an equivalent or greater benefit. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we look back, I can look back and see that to be true in my life. The biggest challenges 
didn't feel good at the time, but in sometimes years, sometimes decades, I'm thankful that that occurred because it built me into who I am today. Absolutely. I love that analogy, the thought process of if you are in that combat situation, if you if you just know in your head you're going to get cut, then then all you're doing mm-hmm. is thinking about, okay, I'm going to get cut. How do I how do I protect everything else? How do I walk out of this alive? And the same thing in our lives. You know, you know that there's going to be disappointments or you know you're going to have a struggle or you're going to have those elements. And the more you accept it, and I don't mean, I mean, I know a lot of people that are like, oh, I, I, they, I call them Eeyores in my life. And I've tried to move the Eeyores out of my life. Mm-hmm. And the one like, oh, you know, you say, hey, how's it going? Oh, you know, it's not good. Or, you know, well, life, this is life. It just sucks. And I'm like, you're draining every piece of my energy. Life is awesome. We're alive. You know? <laughs> Everything else can be mm-hmm. fixed to some extent. And uh, and I think that's a little bit of the sense of, yes, yep. there's going to be bad stuff that happens. You know, we, I don't walk around with rose-colored glasses on, but I also don't. I don't wait for the, I don't, I don't allow the waiting for something, you know, that's going to throw me off to keep me mentally um, out of the game. You know, you're like, it's just part of the thing. I'm just going to get stabbed in a knife fight, you know, or I'm going to get not stabbed. I'm going to get cut in a knife fight. All right. But my goal is to walk away from the knife fight and maybe I'll have to get stitches. That's okay. I want to walk out alive. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, in business, I've had the carpet pulled out from under me, you know, uh, mm-hmm. twice where I lost uh, $250,000 uh, twice, like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and, it, it, and that, that was unexpected. But, you know, it, it's just part of the, the way that business goes. You walk that tightrope and uh, we don't have a crystal ball. It's all a hypothesis. And sometimes things out of our control happen. And it's up to mm-hmm. us to recognize, thank goodness, I'm a kick butt problem solver. And, you know, I don't know the answer to this one yet. But I know, you know, uh, there's that saying that we aren't given problems that, that we aren't capable of, of handling. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I look to the sky and like, geez, I think you overestimate me on this one. But <laughs> in due time, <laughs> it all works out. Going back to basically those four questions like, OK, this this new information has come across my path. It's far from what I was expecting or wanting mm-hmm. or desiring, but it is what it is. Knowing what I now know, what are the answers to these four questions, which really boil back to what's mine to do now? So knowing what I now know, what do I need to start doing? What do I need to do more of? What do I need to do less of? And what do I need to stop doing altogether? Which gets me to the knowing what's my action to take right now. Mm -hmm. Basically take ownership of everything, even the things that are outside of our control. All right, something outside of my control happened. Now with this new information, what's mine to do? Mm -hmm. One step at a time, it's amazing how much progress we can make in short order. You know, we've covered so much ground that, you know, and I've, I'm, just have been very um, intrigued by everything you have to say, because I, I think it's so important to recognize these elements. And you've almost covered this, but maybe not as directly as my question. And that is, you know, if you could go back to talk to your younger self, at what point in your life would you go back to have this conversation? And what would you tell yourself at that point that would have shocked your potential farther or faster or kept you on the same path that you're on? And it- Funny enough, it does tie into a a similar theme of what we've discussed, but it really boils down to this. Get clear on what you want. If I were to have that conversation with myself and I have this conversation with my clients in a a more tactful manner, but it really is boiling it down to, look, you have a track record of when you're clear on what you want, you always get it. And most of my clients say, yeah, it's true. 
when I was super clear in my life yeah. on this is what I wanted, it, you know, the obstacles were there, the challenges were there. Any sane person would have probably given up, but I knew this was mine and I went for it. <laughs> and whether that was a health goal, whether that was a relationship goal or whether that was a financial goal, when they were clear on what they wanted, they got it. And, and when I look back on my life, when I had that clarity, it was a world watch out, uh, you know, get out of my way. It's only a matter of time before this is happening. This is a reality. And it mm-hmm. wasn't easy, uh, but one step at a time, I made that a reality because I was super clear on what I wanted. So gain that clarity. And there's a quote that's the counter to that. It says this, lack of clarity is the root of all failure. So the, the, yeah. the counter to that is when you're clear on what you want, watch how you will have the passion, you will have the energy, you will have the fire, you will have the the plan and you will take the actions and you will get pushed off that path many times, but you'll get back on that path because you're clear on that's what you want. So get clear on what you want and, and, and not just generally, but specifically for your health, for your relationships and for your finances. And uh, yeah, that's, that's what I would say. I love it. And I think that it's, it's never too late to hear that message at whatever point you are in your life. And, and probably most of us need to hear it multiple times, you know, because you may even get clarity and get focus in one area, but to the point you've made several times, you know, that triangle, one, one leg of the, the, the uh, tripod Mm -hmm. and it falls down Mm -hmm. and you can kind of brace it up against something, but it doesn't uh, hold the same meaning as when you have all three, you know, legs of that triangle, all three legs of the tripod, that really hold for balance and that can get you through, you know, the turbulent times. And and let me just share this uh, as well, because a lot of us get caught in routines. A lot of us get caught in comfort zones. That's just human nature, right? So it's not like, oh my goodness, uh, I have a t-shirt that uh, he's stuck in his comfort zone. No, we all have that. That's, that's, that's part of human nature, but we are the writer. We are the director. We are the starring actor in what we have uh, as the movie of our lives. Mm -hmm. And we can have a unforeseen plot twist. <laughs> you know, I, I've been eating, I've been not working out, I've been getting, you know, heavier. Uh, and I can say, you know what, today it's time for the plot mm-hmm. twist. Today I'm getting it in, the, in the best shape I've ever been in my life. And it starts right here, right now. The saying, if nothing changes, nothing changes. Well, guess what? You can say enough is enough. This trajectory is not leading to where I want it to go. The movie is continuing. I'm still alive, as you mentioned. And I want to have a plot twist. Like, holy cow, I didn't see that coming. Wow. Been sedentary (laughs) for years. And all of a sudden, now you're in the gym three to five times a week. And you're eating. You ate like crap for decades. Now you're eating healthy. Uh, What's going on here? I just made a choice. Change happens in an instance when we make that choice. When When might be you as a listener a time for an unexpected plot twist. People are like, whoa, what's going on here? Like, where, where'd the old Sally go? Where'd the old Frank go? What, what, who's this person? Well, this is the new me. Exactly. Get ready. I've had a plot. I continues. love that. And speaking of that, do you realize that how much you sound like Matthew McConaughey? <laughs> I, I kept no thinking, idea. why does his voice sound so familiar? All of a sudden you start talking about movies. I'm like, I could totally be talking to Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Now you have a new uh, a new uh, avatar, I guess. 
Well, Dom, I have just really appreciated this time. I think that you have many lessons that are valid for everyone. And and one of the things that I think is really compelling about what you do and your message, and I've enjoyed watching some of your your vlogs and your video segments on your website, um, because you really are very realistic. And I know you have some very high level clients, but but we're all people. So whether or not you, you know, mm-hmm. have are making fifty thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars or a hundred million dollars, they we we all struggle with the same things. And I think the message can be taken uh, well by everybody. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Any uh, last mm-hmm. uh, comments thank or you. words of wisdom to share with my uh, listeners before we sign off? Oh boy, we're living in intention age. Uh, you know, everyone has. Uh, that's the most precious asset now. What, what they say humans have the attention span less than a goldfish now. So how <laughs> and what are you doing to get and keep people's attention, right? So this podcast, Michael, is a great way for you to share value with your people mm-hmm. and get and keep their attention. And, and you have wisdom to share and you bring on guests that have wisdom to share. And it's it's a win for all. So mm-hmm. if you're listening to this, congratulations. You're in the 5%, yeah. like 95% out of a hundred humans are watching TV and talking about uh, game of Thrones or whatever the, the hot TV show is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're here investing in yourself, investing in your future. I commend you. That's the path I was on when I heard Tony Robbins back in 1990 say readers are leaders. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, if you want to separate yourself from the rest, start reading. So I started reading and then we've evolved from then, which had automobile university with audio mm-hmm. tapes and to, to CDs. Now we've got our, our portable phone, which comes with us yes. anywhere we are. You might be listening to this on that. So I commend you for being in the 5%. You're taking the actions which will separate you from the rest in in short order. So continue on that path and continue to ask yourself, what can I do to find, you know, rewind this and, and find the answers to those four questions and tap into the resources that can be the just-in-time information needed to, to help that uh, pot twist happen and get you on the trajectory to your best self. I love it. Tom, thank you so much. And we will have all your details in the show notes, but people can find you at the uh, thesimplifier.com. Yep, thesimplifier.com. And uh, lots of great value and good stuff happening there. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me. I look forward to speaking again. Me too. Thanks for having me, Michael. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Learn more today about my book, Tell Me More, and about me at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. Make it a great day.